powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Welcome to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and welcome to another episode of the program that's so powerful we could help Gilligan get off the island on the first try. Steve Clements will be my special guest today, and he's going to tell us a little about how he can help men put themselves back into the dating world following a divorce. This should be an interesting conversation. And I will be sharing part two of my model on the eight sides of self a little bit later in the show. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. Join us for the Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. An available 260 horsepower turbocharged engine, advanced technology and an extra large touchscreen. Welcome to the best Outback ever, the 2020 Subaru Outback. Join us for the Subaru Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards, and I'm welcoming my good friend Stephen Clements today, who was a government worker for 35 years, and he worked two jobs for the past 10 years. He's been putting three kids through college as well, going through a separation and a painful divorce. Now what he does, though, is he helps recently divorced men get back in the saddle, dating, building relationships with women, and that sort of thing. I'm going to let him tell you more about it, but Steve, listen, I'm so glad you're on the show today. Uh, thank you, Tony. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I appreciate you taking time to to do this. I know you're a busy guy, and you're really you're really uh, building a reputation online uh, for helping people. And my audience is primarily business people and executives. I've coached several of them that have gone through relationship issues. Uh, some of them have gotten divorced. And, you know, men need help. And so this show is kind of going to be for the guys today, but I think the ladies are going to enjoy listening too. And they'll probably email us and tell us where we're wrong. But (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah. But listen, tell me a little bit about what led you up to the point where you started doing this. 
like uh, you, you said, I was in a government job, kind of a nowhere job, and I was in kind of a loveless marriage as well. And what I, uh, I was very unhappy, but I stayed in the marriage for about 25 years because I just, I was doing it for quote unquote, the, the children, which I found later on that was probably wasn't the best thing to do. But at a certain point when uh, some of my kids were in college and one was in school high school, I decided that I'm sitting there on the 4th of July, just sitting there with my wife and I was just miserable. And I just said, you know, cause we were talking about my sister and her husband cause they were going through a divorce. And she asked me, uh, well, do you think we're gonna end up that way? And I said, well, <laughs> it sounds cruel, but today is Independence Day. And I, I really don't see us going any further. I don't wanna be miserable in my life and I don't want us to be miserable. And you know, of course, you know, all hell broke loose and a couple of my children didn't talk to me for a while, but I felt for me, I needed to get out of this relationship because it was just a bad example for my kids. And I was just not, I felt like I was the walking dead. So I had to move on. Yeah. So, so then when you're in the process of moving on, uh, then after your divorce, you jumped right into another relationship, didn't you? Oh yeah. I've met uh, this woman I had known before from my kids' grade school and uh, we clicked, you know, we, uh, we had some attraction before, but of course we didn't do anything because of being married, but we started on a, a wild, you know, fast romance and we had you know, similar interests and I was loving life. She was beautiful. We were golfing, we were traveling, we we're having a great time. And then, um, I don't know, some, um, my spidey sense started to tangle. And uh, I just, I caught her a couple of lies. So I decided to turn the old Magnum PI, you know, cap on and, you know, kind of followed her. I followed her one day. I hate to admit it, but I just had to know. And uh, I caught her with another man, another married man, actually. And so that, uh, you know, today was a day that um, I, it just turned me. It just turned me. I mean, I was dark, down, angry, depressed, and but I said to myself, you know what, Steve, you're in a loveless marriage, you settled, and then you went on this wild romance, and you got burned. I'm going to, I said, enough. I'm going to get this shit right. <laughs> so then you jumped into this transitionary phase where uh, you went from this long-term marriage and this short whirlwind romance so now you're by yourself you're actually you're single and you're deciding hey i'm gonna jump into some self-discovery here right exactly right exactly right and um i jumped into um some books i read um cory wayne three percent man uh anthony furby uh you know dating for the the modern man just some great books out there and I wanted to understand relationships. I wanted to understand women better. And I wanted to also understand what I wanted in life and how I can become more of a quality man. And uh, it was my road to discovery. That's when it started. A lot of times what happens to people, and see if this holds true for you, but a lot of times what happens to people when they start something new, whether it's playing the guitar, whether it's golfing, whether it's any kind of new thing that they start, they're not very good at it at the beginning and they have a lot of failures. Did that happen to you? 
Oh yeah, it was it was hilarious. You know, I I haven't really been on the dating scene for you know, over twenty five years, and uh, I fumbled, bumbled, and stumbled. You know, um, I felt like an idiot when I got back out there asking women out and going on dates. But when I studied um, these books, they gave me a lot of good techniques on how to how to act on a date. You know, don't be needy. You know, don't you know, talk too much. Don't try to prove yourself to them. Kind of sit back and enjoy the ride, you know, and kind of ask them questions and find out what they're all about and see if they appeal to you and see, it's like an interview in a way, I like to say. Mm-hmm. You, you're having a little date with a woman and you just kind of ask her a question and see what she's all about and see if she fits into what you are looking for. And that's the way I kind of turned it around. Yeah. So I, you use the interview analogy. So when you're interviewing somebody, you already kind of have in your mind a framework of the kind of employee you're kind of looking for. Does it work in dating like that too? Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. I, um, I wrote a list and I got this from Corey Wayne. I wrote a list down on all the qualities what I wanted in a woman. And he said, you know, just go crazy. Just anything you want. And then on the other side, the qualities you would never put up with or you don't want, you know? So I, I wanted a brown eyed brunette. I'm partial Asian women. You know, I wanted her to be fun, happy, positive, adventurous, you know, and just uh, have a great, you know, growth mindset. What I didn't want was a, a liar, a cheater, a financially irresponsible woman you know, out of, you know, not into physical fitness or health. And what it did, it's like buying a new car. You know, you get a new car, like you know, I got a uh, Sonata. When I first got my Sonata out on the road, all of a sudden, <laughs> you're seeing all these Sonatas out there, a Hyundai Sonata. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know there was that many out there. So when you kind of, kind of focus on what you want and what you don't want to put up with, that that's where it becomes a lot easier as far as, deciding you know on what type of woman you want to be with you know and kind of you just don't take anybody that comes along so uh, in my experience in coaching clients and working with executives you get down to the fundamentals and a lot of times you know being really good at something is a mastery over those fundamentals and a lot of times if you've been you know if you're if you're older and you've been doing something for a while, you kind of scoff at fundamentals. You kind of say, well, I know how to do that. Gosh, let's move on to something higher level. And right now guys are listening to this show and there are some guys are going, Oh, I know how to act on a date. I I know how to do that. (laughs) And then there's other guys whose ears are stretching about two miles long, waiting to hear these, these tips. So how do you behave on a first date? Oh, it is easier than you think. Okay. I know I was nervous. I'll tell you my first date when I went back out there. You had my notes. I had my three by five in the car. I was reading my notes. It was pretty hilarious. And we met and, you know, you find out that people are just people, you know, that's right. You get all this stuff built in your head about your fears or whatever. But once you sit down and just talk to people, people are just people. That's right. And what I did, I just kept asking, you know, I, I followed the script. I kept asking questions. And as she talked, 
you know, you kind of get a feel for what she's all about. And it takes the pressure off of you and kind of lets her explain, you know, what she's all about. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's better just to go out there and kind of fumble and stumble and bumble, like I said, and try it. But uh, we talked, we had a great time. We had a nice dinner, but you know, and I was thinking the whole time there, man, I hope she really, I hope she likes me. I hope she likes me. I hope she likes me, you know? And to me, that's kind of a needy kind of desperate type of thinking. I tried to, you know, you try to suppress that, but all you need to do is ask questions, be a little fun, you know, push the envelope a little bit and you'll get that as you go out on more dates, but kind of be interested in what they are about and kind of be in that interview process where is she saying stuff to me that, you know, kind of aligns with me. You know, I, that's, I think that's really great advice because I've been fortunate enough in my career and in my life, I've been around a ton of really famous people. And I've always maintained that to have a good relationship with a famous person, you have to treat them just like people. Exactly. Just like normal people don't treat them like they're famous. They get that all the time. And it actually makes some people uncomfortable and nervous. And if you just treat them like people, you get along with them just great. So you're on this date. So how, what, what are you looking for? How do you know that uh, it's going well? Well, I mean, if she's laughing a little bit, if she's open to me smiling, if you know, you can feel that tension, if it's there or not. Because the attraction, the signs of attractions are funny with women. If they like you, they're going to be like touching you on the shoulder or laughing or giggling or being a little playful with you. If the woman gives you kind of one word answers, you know, either she's really shy or she's just not into you. There's, le there's levels of attraction you can see with women. And the funny thing is, women, <laughs> women want to chase us. Believe it or not. See, they got this thing about go out and chasing women. Yeah, initially you have to go out and chase women to get the number. You have to go approach a woman, which is a very big obstacle I had to overcome. But you do have to approach them and talk to them and, and try and get their, their cell number or set up a date if you're really interested, you know, if you're really attracted to them. And the second thing is when you get them there and you start talking, if there's like, you know, you got that good vibe going. You just want to keep asking more questions, being more playful. Okay, and let me let me stop you for a second and ask sure. you a question. All right, so you maintain, it's your opinion, that women want you to go after them and pursue them. At the same time, though, you say don't appear needy. How do you mm -hmm. balance that? Well, you don't want to really, the only time you want to pursue them is like, I'll tell you my experience. I was at a gym and I saw a beautiful woman there and I just said, I have to say something to her. Okay. And you want to, and I went up there and asked her, I talked to her a little bit and I asked her for a phone number. Would you like to go out for a drink? And she said, you know, no, thank you. And that's the only time really when you want to pursue the woman is to get that initial date. Your, your main objective is getting the number or getting the first date. And then when you get on the date, you know, then you sit back and kind of, you know, do the kind of like the interview, the questions, see if she's aligned with you. And, you know, then if the woman, if the women are really attracted to you are attracted to you, they will put themselves in your orbit. They will let you know. 
See, I think some guys are blind to the uh, the signs that women show that they like them, you know, because guys are straightforward, you know, we're like logical, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we're like, you know, one plus one equals two. And, you know, women are, have more of an implicit, more of a subtle way of communicating, you know, they'll throw stuff out there and see if you can catch it, you know. All they right. Wink. So, so, so let me ask you this question. So you, you had some failures, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so we talked about what to look for, that the date's going well. How do you know when to jump out of the plane and pull the ripcord? <laughs> well, I tell you what, it all depends really on how she's feeling about everything, okay? Um, what you want to do on a first date, you want to do uh, different venues. You may want to stop, have a drink, and talk and kind of get a feel for how she is. And you want to make it fun. And if you ask her after you had a few drinks, things things seem to be going good. You want to say, hey, you want to go over here and, uh, you know, shoot a little pool or throw a little darts or, you know, do something fun, kind of be adventurous. And if she's willing to do that, you know, it's always that's always a good sign that she's got some attraction to you. You're kind of fun. You're kind of bold. You know, you're going to you put yourself out there. You're not bragging you know you're not like acting needy you're just like hey you want to do this let's hey let's go out here and shoot some pool let's go out here and walk on the boardwalk let's you know do something fun see women want to get dressed up on a date they want to go out and have fun okay i think a lot of guys put too much pressure on themselves when they go on a date you know and we're all nervous but sometimes if you just sit back and kind of relax and just say you know what i'm just my whole goal here tonight is to have fun and let her, you know, let her have a fun and a good time. And if guys more focused on having fun and looking for the signs of attraction and also look for the signs of unattraction that you, you know, some things, you know, I had a girl that um, I dated and she, you know, she's a smoker and that's a big, like, no for me. So there's, what you got to do is have your list of wants and do not wants always in the back of your mind of what you want. And if the woman is attracted to you, then, you pursue it more. You kind of push towards an activity. And then after that, if things are clicking, she's holding on to you. She's grabbing your arm. She's hugging you. Then you pursue it. You know, I always say on the first date, you always go for a kiss on the lips. And if she turns away, she does not have an attraction to you. So sort of the last question is when you had your failures and you had the failed dates and you said you had several of them, but how did you keep yourself encouraged? Well, I mean, I just kept trying. I, I really was, I was, I was determined, you know, because I knew this, this system works because I just, I felt like this is what I had to do because I was in, in a search, you know, I was trying to get this right. I'm tired of being lonely. I'm tired of being miserable in a relationship. I want to figure this out. You know, it was just a, for me, a personal quest of what I wanted in life. And I was tired of settling. I was tired of not, not having a great time. I was tired of not dating beautiful women or women that are aligned with me. I was sick of it, you know? And it's time to just to, to find out. And I had the, the manual right there. I mean, Corey Wayne's 3% Man was my Bible there for a while. And then I found Andrew uh, Furby and uh, David Dieta, the, the Way of the Superior Man, the Five Love Languages. There's a lot of good material out there for guys to dig into and improve themselves and understand you know the the mindset of the woman women want to know that you are interested in them 
And by asking the questions and trying to learn about them, women, women dig that. Women are all about that, you know? All right. My guest today is Steve Clements, and he is uh, a dating coach for men. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit. I'm going to ask Steve how you can find out more about him and some of the programs he offers and things like that here in just a second. But before we do that, I've got a standard list of closing questions I ask every guest that comes on the show. These are pretty rapid fire, Steve. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. All right. First question. What is the best memory that comes to mind for you? Oh, God. Just my first love. I mean, is that, if you're talking about romance and dating, I mean, my first love was always kind of like my, uh, you know, the, the one that really touched me inside always kind of lifted me up when I thought about it um, and brought me actually, I think, to this position where I'm at, where, you know, when you're young, you got that first love, and you got that feeling and I rekindled that love. I found that love again. So it's, um, you know, I got to say that. All right. Who's the number one hero in your life? Oh my God. Don't do that to me. My dad, my dad is the man. All right. What's his name? Uh, Bill. What's the top value you subscribe to? I'd just say being, uh, know my own truth, living my truth. Who's the most important person in your life? My children. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? I would say just having fun, laughing, laughing. What's your favorite food? I say sushi. I love sushi. Most beautiful place you've ever been to? Uh, Morea, the sister island of Tahiti. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Self-fulfillment. How do you want to be remembered? As a great father and someone who tried to help out his fellow man become a better man. If you could go back and talk to a younger Steve, what advice would you give him? Get into public speaking take martial arts and do what you love. What's your favorite sound? Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Are you going to come my way song? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, what's the best lesson you've learned? I've learned that you, you better than you think you are. You have a lot of great ability inside you. You just got to unleash it. And the only way to do that is by doing imperfect action instead of perfect inaction. All right. I'm sure there are some guys that are listening to our show that have some dating help needs. How do they get in touch with you or how do they find out more about you, Steve? I have an email. It's swagbackdoc at gmail.com. Any questions you have or any information you want to know about my coaching or my podcast, just send your, your questions there. I have a um, Facebook page called Get Your Swag Back. And forget your ex. All right. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Steve Clements, everybody, professional dating coach for men. I'll have more on Better Than Before right after this. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. An available 260 horsepower turbocharged engine, advanced technology, and an extra large touchscreen. Welcome to the best Outback ever, the 2020 Subaru Outback. Join us for the Subaru Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. 
Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards. And last week, I started talking about the eight sides of self, a model for coaching leaders that I've developed and used with many, many clients to great success. And the first four that I shared in last week's episode were number one, self-discovery, number two, self-evaluation, number three, self-awareness, and number four, self-regulation. And so today I want to continue with the next four in this model of the eight sides of self. And this one right here, number five, it's important that it's in the middle because it's the linchpin of almost every success that a leader either has or doesn't have. And that is self-esteem. You build your self-esteem when you love and care about yourself. It's not ego. And it's not prideful to care about yourself. Everything around a leader is a reflection of the relationship they have with themselves. Every relationship is a reflection of the relationship that they have with other people. The first step toward improving your self-esteem is having some acceptance about who you are and dedicate yourself to do whatever's necessary to improve your shortcomings or at least the shortcomings that you evaluate and perceive in yourself. See, in leadership, you have to believe in yourself in order to convince others to believe in you. Now, self-esteem is pretty complicated, and I'm just going to give a cursory explanation today because I've got an online workshop coming up very soon, and we'll be announcing the details of it about improving and developing your self-esteem because I am convinced that all success is very reflective of the self-esteem. You can have very high self-esteem. You could have a lot of love and a lot of care for yourself. You can have low self-esteem and you can have a, uh, not much love and care about yourself. You can have self-esteem that is uh, at a healthy level, but you have so much more love and care for other people that it diminishes your own self-esteem even though it's healthy. You can have a negative view of yourself and have high self-esteem, but with a negative bias. You can have high self-esteem and have a positive bias about yourself. And consequently, you can also have low self-esteem with both of those levels of bias. So it can be kind of complicated, but I'm looking forward to taking a bunch of people in a class and helping them with this very important piece of yourself, self-esteem. Number six is self-confidence. Now, once you turn your self-esteem around, you begin to put yourself in position to get some small wins in life, in leadership, in business. Winning big comes later. Always start with little victories. This builds your self-confidence. When leaders start to accept themselves for who they are and start to build love and care 
It's the purest form of self-esteem and respect. An increase in self-confidence is automatic. Everything in balance, right? Self-confidence can run amok and cause too much pride and ego, which can then be a major team disruptor. And sometimes leaders who have never had a win in their life all of a sudden start winning. And they all of a sudden start believing that they're better than they really are. And this is a road to a downfall. Having a mentor or a coach is important in leadership development to help you avoid these kinds of pitfalls. Number seven side of self is self-sabotage. And so it's almost like there's a fork in the road here after self-esteem. One path leads to self-confidence. The other path leads to self-sabotage. And these are the thoughts and feelings and decisions and actions that are critical because they occur during real-time daily activity when you're on your goal-oriented quest. And the negative side of self-sabotage is when leaders engage in the previous mentioned thoughts, which lead to actions that create sabotage or blockages and keep them from where they had previously determined they wanted to go. You're so convinced because of low self-esteem that you're not going to win that you actually sabotage yourself and cause yourself not to win. So people are not always aware when they're sabotaging themselves, but when you're on the outside looking in at a person, you can see it clear as day. And this is where self-awareness practice is helpful, right? Because you may just be deceived into believing that the decisions and actions are helping you when it's really hurting you. An example of this would be procrastination. Another one would be perfectionism. Uh, you can use outside influences like drugs or alcohol or comfort food if you're on a diet. You self-sabotage yourself and eat some comfort food and you fall off the wagon, right? Fear plays a major role here too as leaders sometimes they're not emotionally ready for greater success or a big promotion that they receive to another level so they self-sabotage themselves to stay in this previous comfort zone. People are human beings and they do fall back into old programs and old thought patterns possibly many times before the improvement is noted at all. And so there's no ready-made leaders, right? There's no leader that's fully developed. Leaders are not, I repeat, not born that way. Leaders are always developed, and the development never ends, ever. And then the eighth side of self is self-direction. This is having clarity in your self-direction and dedicating yourself to doing whatever's necessary to reach your intended goal. You know, leaders that have this clarity believe they have the ability to write their own story and live it out completely. They sidestep the potholes of behavior that come to sabotage the success and instead leverage all the knowledge and dedication they have to propel them forward instead of the constraints that hold them back. I've been able to explain this model to you in two short podcast episodes, and this is anything but a short-term process. This is a ongoing, never-ending process. It's a lifelong endeavor, and you never stop working this system. Even if you have a high level of self-discovery in your 20s, let's say, you learn even more about yourself as you get into your 30s and 40s and 50s, and the process continues forward as you advance in life, you advance in leadership, and you advance in business. You just continually define new things that are fitting into this eight-step model, this eight-side-of-self model and framework 
that can help you on the road to where you really secretly want to be. Well, that's our show today. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. Join us for the Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. We're on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and you can follow the company at ClearVisionDEV. Come over and join my free Facebook community. It's Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach. It's absolutely free, and almost 1,100 people are in there learning from me every single day. I put four or five posts a day in there. We'll put some videos in there. We always put the latest episode of Better Than Before, some leadership lessons, expert uh, interviews, and a lot more. There's a lot of value in this free Facebook community, Tony Richards, speaker, author, coach, and I'd love to see you join that today. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and our chief producer, William Foster, my name is Tony Richards, and I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.